When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight in Philadelphia, the Bruins got their 63rd win of the season. They are now the winningest NHL team in regular in the regular season in the history of the NHL. Absolutely stunning, uh, amazing, literally history making in the true sense of the word. Um, along the way, David Pasternak scored his uh, 58th, 59th, and 60th goals of the season. I mean. Miraculous, guys, truly. I mean, the, the, the narrative going into the season was the Bruins needed to tread water um, with a couple of key guys out for quite some time. I think I think they may have treaded water and maybe a little bit better than that, huh, Scott? Yeah, just incredible. And, you know, this game could have easily been one of those throwaways. Like, they tied the record last night. Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Taylor Hall. Charlie McAvoy, Dmitry Orlov, Lena Salmark, all out. They call up a bunch of guys. You know, a few of them get in. Vinny Letary plays. Connor Carrick plays. Two guys who hadn't played a game yet this season, but have been good veterans down in Providence. Again, just like kind of speaking to organizational management, you know, rewarding two guys like that. Remember, Letary got called up earlier this year. And his first practice with the Bruins immediately suffered. And I believe it was a knee injury that knocked him out for several weeks. And he ends up back in Providence. Um, so it could have, it's Easter Sunday. Like it could have easily have just been a throwaway, come back home Tuesday and make some more history. Nope. Instead they go out and win. And Pasternak has developed a pretty incredible habit of, stepping up in these Sunday games on back-to-backs where, you know, a lot of the older guys sit and he just takes over. Um, Obviously does it again today with a hat trick and gets to 60 goals. Only the second Bruin ever to do it. Joining Phil Esposito, just an incredible accomplishment. Um, You know, he could have had even more. I mean, he he hit a post, he had a crossbar, he had a goal disallowed. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, it's crazy, yeah, uh, you know, and they end up getting the five three win. Yeah, no, I I, I was saying this before, like it, it's like this game went exactly how the Bruins would have written it themselves. Like Pasternak gets his sixtieth on a hat trick, and uh, the Bruins break the NHL wins record. I, you couldn't have had kind of a more meaningless game be so entertaining um, and so history breaking because of the season that this team is having like it it, and it was mentioned by Taylor Hall and and a few other guys after last game if they weren't chasing these records this would like it wouldn't be entertaining hockey like if they were sitting somewhere in the middle this would be a rest game but it's not um and we all knew that Pasternak was playing for 60 so he was going to travel um he's a guy that you want to make sure is healthy and doesn't get injured before the playoffs but he comes out and he looked like he could have scored 10. Um, and so he gets it done. He helps them get the win. And 
it is kind of like they just refuse to lose, even when they don't have their top two centers. They don't have Charlie McAvoy. They don't, you know, they leave Hall back in Boston. They still don't have Felino and Forbert. They keep a lot of guys in Boston. And, you know, I'm not sure if this is still the case, Scott, but they were planning on sending a full team. They, they were sending, they were planning on kind of a full roster the last two games of the regular season in order to chase this down. And now that they already have it, I, I wonder is now the time that we see the rest or um, is there any reason at all left to put your, you know, your key guys in, in the last two games? Yeah. I, I think the plan is to play guys these last two games. And I, I don't think that was about chasing the record. I think that was make sure everyone's ready for the playoffs. You know, today, I think was the plan all along. I think was for t- today to be the last big rest day. And then most guys are going to play Tuesday and Thursday. Cause then you're off until Monday or Tuesday for game one. So they're not, I don't think they're going to want guys sitting, you know, a week or 10 days ahead of the playoffs. So I, I would certainly imagine pretty much the whole team's going to play Tuesday and then maybe they reevaluate uh, for Thursday in Montreal. But I, as of now, I would still expect most of the team to play that game as well. All right. So I want to keep it quickly just to this, this 2022, 2023 Bruins team as a whole, just because of like we've talked about, they've, they've literally, they've made history. Um, the league is over a hundred years old. And, and this, this group of players is, are the ones to, to hold, to hold the record books right now. Now, Maybe that record gets broken next year and somebody, I mean, to be fair, this, this Bruins team still has two more games to go. They could, they could get 65 wins this year. Um, maybe the record's broken next year by somebody, or maybe it lasts for another 50 years. So like, I just wanted to keep it to that team real quick and, 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 and bring up this question to you guys. Like what, what is it about this group this year that was, that they've been able to do something so special throughout the regular season so far? Is there one thing that stands out to you? Um, is it goaltending? Is it, Jim Montgomery bringing in a, a new lease on life. Is it the do it for Bergeron and Krejci? Is it, you know, what is it? Like, what do you guys feel it is? I would say a little bit of all of the above. Um, I think one, it's a super deep roster. And when you have Bergeron and Krejci signed for so little money, that allows you to do that. Um I think the coaching change absolutely helped. Jim Montgomery has been good for this group and I think has generally brought, you know, helped bring some more, I don't know, positive vibes, a more offensive minded approach to the game. Like, I think he's gotten the best out of, or gotten more out of some guys who, you know, struggled a little in Cassidy's system and struggled a little bit with Cassidy's messaging. Um, in retrospect, like it, obviously was time for a change. They got that right. Um, Leadership from Bergeron and Krejci and Marchand and Pasenak stepping up as a leader this year. McAvoy has worn the A a lot of games. He's embracing that role more. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, I think the motivation of wanting to do for Bergeron and Krejci, seeing those two guys come back, I think that absolutely helps as well, but ultimately like the core of it to me is that 
they are just such a good team. Like they are just so deep and so loaded at every spot on the roster. Um, you mentioned the goaltending. That's a huge part of it. I've written about this, talked about it on here, how much better their goaltending is than the rest of the NHL, how far ahead of second place they are in terms of team safe percentage, how far over the league average they are. Like it's, it's historic. You know, no one has done that in like 40 years, been that much better than the rest of the league. So that's obviously a huge help. Um, and just ties into, again, they are elite up and down the roster. Like there's probably no team in the NHL that has, there's definitely no team in the NHL that's better goaltending than them. There's probably no team that has better forwards than them. And there's probably no team that has a better defense core than them. So add it all up. And yeah, you're going to get a team that's going to rack up an awful lot of wins. Yeah. And and Scott, you covered most of it, but I, I would just add that. Well, first, like the goaltending has, is a huge part of it that this is a goalie tandem that is just special um they're both so good and and they have a very unique um relationship that takes the pressure off both of them um but on on top of that I guess the only thing I would add would be the professionalism that Montgomery has talked about with the players where obviously bringing in a new coach um did kind of give a fresh look on things but he came in and they, the players kind of told him what was going on. And in a certain way, they were like, they already knew um, the kind of like the Bruins way, if you want to say that, like the Patriots way um, of professionalism that these guys had, they, it starts from putting together a roster of guys with good character and filling in the pieces that you need to um, at the right time. And that's what Don Sweeney has done. So uh, the depth comes around some of these core guys that have such professionalism and character and are willing to take team discounts and are just so dedicated to this team and winning this championship this year. Um, with their, some of them with this maybe being their final run, like Bergeron and Krejci, um, we talked about, you know, the last dance with them. I think they really put and everybody on the team sees it and wants to win for them. So uh, it's it's a lot of things for sure. But I think if you boil it down, really, it's that every single guy knows their role and they're very professional in how they handle it and how they approach every day and every game. Yeah, as you guys have said, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of everything. For me and Bridget, you touched on it briefly at the end there, uh, the discounts. For me, in a, in, a, in a hard cap world, I think, like, this Bruins team hasn't – invented depth right they haven't invented high-end scoring like they they haven't invented uh trying to win it for somebody in, in particular they haven't invented having a new coach in the first year but it's all those things but especially in a in a cap such a like hard cap era Bergeron and crazy as your number one and two centers allowing Don Sweeney to fill up the rest of this roster because they have come to the back to this team on one-year deals at you know, a penny on pennies on a dollar with the caveat being the, uh, the easy uh, bonus incentives, but that that's for a different day. I think ultimately you're not talking about 
the depth that this team has and and the, uh, the motivation to win it for those guys if they aren't coming back and aren't coming back for cheap. So, and then um, and then the other main reason to me is the season that David Pasternak is having. And I wanted to I wanted to bring this up to you guys. Like I feel like I understand Connor McDavid has 150 plus points this year, and I am not going to sit here and say that he's not the MVP of the NHL. But what I would ask you guys is, do you feel like David Pasternak isn't getting enough recognition for MVP votes or MVP honors when you consider the fact, and I know the Bruins team has a ton of depth, but when Pasternak has 42 more points than the next highest scoring Bruin and 30 more goals, then actually I think it might be, you know what? Those numbers might be from before the Philly game. So those it might be 46 points more than the next highest score, and it might be 33 goals more than Bergeron. So regardless, I'd have to I'd have to see if those stats are refreshed or not. But in any event, he is without a doubt like if it's not for David Pasternak, this team. Who I mean, they could, I mean, despite the depth, if he's having a 30 goal, 40 assist season with 70 points, this team might be a bubble playoff team. For all we know, it's tough to really gauge because it's like how can you how can you go back in time and know? For sure, but I guess my question is to you guys: Do you feel like his his season from an MVP perspective is just being completely overshadowed by by Connor McDavid? It is, but I think unfortunately for Pasternak, Connor McDavid would overshadow just about anyone this season. Like, you know, he's having the best season since Mario Lemieux in the mid nineties, and that's that's an MVP season. Like, you do that, you win you win MVP. I do think Pasternak will probably be. I think he'll finish second. He's going to get a lot of votes. Um, you know, I know there was a for a little while it was, you know, will Elmark get some MVP votes? Will those two kind of cancel each other out? I think the fact that the goalie rotation lasted as long as it did, basically, you know, almost like three quarters of the season, uh, probably takes Elmark out of truly serious MVP consideration. Like I think he'll get, he'll probably get like some top five votes and, you know, and finish he'll finish somewhere in the top seven or eight, I would imagine. But Pasenak has probably separated himself as the runaway second place finisher because of 60 goals. He's now at 109 points. He'll probably top 110 pretty easily if he plays these last two games. Um, you know, I know Dreisaitl has more, but I think Dreisaitl obviously even more gets overshadowed by McDavid because they're teammates. So not being, you know, the top guy on your own team probably hurts him a little. Uh, Dreisaitl's also been, you know, it, I don't know if this should count as a bad thing, but he's gotten a bajillion power play points. I think he's actually closing in on the power play goals record. He might break that for a single season. Um which is impressive, but I do think five on five scoring is a little more valuable and a little less, you know, kind of team dependent. Like Leon Dreisel plays on a historically great power play. Um, so that probably works against them. So, you know, and then there's like there's Matthew Kachuk. Uh, you know, there's other guys up there, Miko Rantanen for sure. But I would imagine Pasanak's gonna finish second, and that's awesome you know being finishing second mvp voting is 
you know, that's a damn good accomplishment. And it's just unfortunate that he's having such a great season in a year where Connor McDavid is making not just team history, but, you know, doing stuff that the league hasn't seen in 30 years. Yeah, and if he does, if he didn't finish second in MVP voting, then you could really say, "Wow, how underappreciated, underrated is David Pasternak?" But I don't see that happening. I, I think in these last few weeks, even he's gotten a little bit more attention than he had been getting during the middle part of the season when he was just as good. But because of this chase for goal number sixty, um, and you know, seeing his name, we we saw it on the broadcast today. Seeing his name and McDavid's name in the same stack, like okay, here's this, here's sixty. Was it McDavid has sixty four? Pasternak has sixty. Like they're right there, right with each other. Um, the fact that Pasternak has even remotely kept pace with McDavid this season and the season he's having is impressive. Um, you know, it stinks to not win it. I honestly don't think Pasternak cares that much. I think he just wants the cup. I think anyone would tell you. Uh, and McDavid would tell you too, I'd rather have a cup than MVP. I'd rather have the cup than score the most goals this season or have 150 points or whatever it is. So at the end of the day, um, if if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, Posnick does not care that he didn't win the MVP, that he came in second. And um, both of those guys would trade that in uh, in a second if it meant they had a Stanley Cup. So I'll, I'll ask you guys this. He's got 60 goals. There's two games left. Do you even risk injuring him in the final two games? I know he's played every game all year. Maybe he wants to do that for personal satisfaction and maybe get a couple more goals or whatnot. But, I mean, I don't know. With this conversation we just had, do you even risk him taking a shot off of an ankle or something like that? I mean, I I would because, as I said, like I want guys to be um... – I want guys to be ready to go for the playoffs and not be rusty. And I think if you're going to have him sit a full week, like eight days before game one, I do worry that like he's going to lose some time. And he's on such a roll right now that I, I kind of want to keep that going. He, he looks healthy. As far as we know, he's, he's not dealing with anything. Yeah. Obviously anytime you throw a guy out there, like, I get it. There's always a risk of injury and yes, it would totally blow up in my face and the Bruins face. If he suffers a serious injury in these last two games, like, yeah, it, it would be devastating. I get it. But I think, you know, I do think it's important to be building your game for the playoffs and to have some positive momentum. And I, I obviously you can't sit anyone and I get it. Like Pasternak is, kind of the one above all the others uh, that, you know, if you're going to hold someone out just to be super, super, super cautious, he is the one, but I I don't know. I I guess you can say like, I would risk it, but I just think he's the way he's going and the way he's been able to stay healthy. He's avoided big hits you're facing two teams that, you know, are out of it, aren't playing with desperation. I know like things will, things will be chippy. Like those teams are going to want to beat the Bruins, but you would hope most of those guys have enough respect for the game to not, you know, be taking cheap shots at Pasenak or running him. Now I know 
one of the guys you're facing on Tuesday is Tom Wilson. So mm-hmm. like there's, there's the one that you circle and go now, hold on. I don't know. Maybe, Hey, look, Jim Montgomery has to get ready for playing matchups and getting matchups he likes. So Tuesday night he can practice by making sure David Pasenak is not on the ice at the same time as Tom Wilson. Yeah, that would be, that would be disastrous. Uh, Tom Wilson, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so think about it this way. There's still a few line combinations that the Bruins haven't seen that they want to go to in the playoffs um, that they have a chance to look at in these last two games of the regular season. So if they decide to play David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron the last two games, like just let's just say they have all the guys that are healthy available and will play. That means you're getting your normal first line of Marsh on Bergeron to Brusque. You're going to have the check line. And then that gives you the flexibility to try out what you've been wondering what it's going to look like since they added Bertuzzi, which is Hall Coyle Bertuzzi for the first time, not just in practice, but for the first time in a real game um, to see what that looks like and to see how all of your depth and all your trade deadline acquisitions look now that, you know, you've got Hall healthy and you have, you know, besides Felino and Forbert, you're healthy and able to put these things together and you want to see how it works and try it out at least once before the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially that that third line combo, Bridget. I mean, is it would it be nice to see, like you said, the the full cupboard of uh, of players and toys on the ice at once for one game before the playoffs? Absolutely. Um, could they still get a, a look at a third look, uh, a third line or a line combination of of Hall, Coyle, and Bertuzzi without playing everybody else necessarily? Yeah, they could. But but to your point, that that rhythm of that that four line attack. It'd be nice to see all that, all that at play at once. Um, yeah, the injury, the injury bug, uh, trying to trying to avoid that the best you can is interesting. It's it's tough because uh, you don't want them to get rusty, like you mentioned, Scott. Um, it's just it's just after all of this, after all of this, all these sixty three wins, potentially sixty four or five wins, something better to happen that would just really, really. Uh, yeah, that'd be a tough pill to swallow if a key player went down because because they were playing in a meaningless game mm-hmm. um, after literally all the records are broken. So, um, but well, at the one same time, just the points. Yeah, they're tied. Yeah. True. true, true. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I just I feel like um, I, I just I'd rather just these guys get get healthy for the playoffs. I mean, you, you can't avoid the sport, right? But I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out uh, starting on what's what's the next game. There's a Tuesday. Tuesday. 